New report, Scheming AIs. Will AIs fake alignment during training in order to get power? By Joe Carl Smith. Cross-posted, from my website. I've written a report about whether advanced AIs will fake alignment during training in order to get power later, a behavior I call, scheming, also sometimes called, deceptive alignment. The report is available on archive here. There's also an audio version here, and I've included the introductory section below. This section includes a full summary of the report, which covers most of the main points and technical terminology. I'm hoping that the summary will provide much of the context necessary to understand individual sections of the report on their own. Abstract. Quote. This report examines whether advanced AIs that perform well in training will be doing so in order to gain power later, a behavior I call, scheming, also sometimes called, deceptive alignment. I conclude that scheming is a disturbingly plausible outcome of using baseline machine learning methods to train goal-directed AIs, sophisticated enough to scheme, my subjective probability on such an outcome, given these conditions, is roughly 25%. In particular, if performing well in training is a good strategy for gaining power, as I think it might well be, then a very wide variety of goals would motivate scheming, and hence, good training performance. This makes it plausible that training might either land on such a goal naturally and then reinforce it, or actively push a model's motivations towards such a goal as an easy way of improving performance. What's more, because schemas pretend to be aligned on tests designed to reveal their motivations, it may be quite difficult to tell whether this has occurred. However, I also think there are reasons for comfort. In particular, scheming may not actually be such a good strategy for gaining power. Various selection pressures in training might work against schema-like goals, for example, relative to non-schemas. Schemas need to engage in extra instrumental reasoning, which might harm their training performance. And we may be able to increase such pressures intentionally. The report discusses these and a wide variety of other considerations in detail, and it suggests an array of empirical research directions for probing the topic further. End quote. Heading. Zero. Introduction. Agents seeking power often have incentives to deceive others about their motives. Consider, for example, a politician on the campaign trail, I care deeply about your pet issue, a job candidate, I'm just so excited about widgets, or a child seeking a parent's pardon, I'm super sorry and will never do it again. This report examines whether we should expect advanced AIs whose motives seem benign during training to be engaging in this form of deception. Here I distinguish between four increasingly specific types of deceptive AIs. Alignment fakers. AIs pretending to be more aligned than they are. Training gamers. AIs that understand the process being used to train them, I'll call this understanding situational awareness, and that are optimizing for what I call reward on the episode, and that will often have incentives to fake alignment, if doing so would lead to reward. Power-motivated instrumental training gamers, or schemers. AIs that are training gaming specifically in order to gain power for themselves or other AIs later. Goal-guarding schemers. Schemers whose power-seeking strategy specifically involves trying to prevent the training process from modifying their goals. I think that advanced AIs fine-tuned on uncareful human feedback are likely to fake alignment in various ways by default, because uncareful feedback will reward such behavior. And plausibly, such AIs will play the training game as well. 
but my interest, in this report, is specifically in whether they will do this as part of a strategy for gaining power later. That is, whether they will be schemers, this sort of behavior is often called, deceptive alignment, in the literature, though I won't use that term here. I aim to clarify and evaluate the arguments for and against expecting this. My current view is that scheming is a worryingly plausible outcome of training advanced, goal-directed AIs using baseline machine learning methods, for example. Self-supervised pre-training followed by RLHF on a diverse set of real-world tasks. The most basic reason for concern, in my opinion, is that 1. Performing well in training may be a good instrumental strategy for gaining power in general. 2. If it is, then a very wide variety of goals would motivate scheming, and hence good training performance. Whereas the non-schema goals compatible with good training performance are much more specific. The combination of, 1, and, 2, makes it seem plausible, to me, that conditional on training creating a goal-directed, situationally aware model, it might well instill a schema-like goal for one reason or another. In particular, training might land on such a goal, naturally, whether before or after situational awareness arises, because such a goal initially leads to good enough performance in training even absent training gaming. And this especially if you're intentionally trying to induce your model to optimize over long-time horizons, as I think there will be incentives to do. Even if schema-like goals don't arise, naturally, actively turning a model into a schema may be the easiest way for SGD to improve the model's training performance, once the model has the situational awareness to engage in training gaming at all. What's more, because schemas actively pretend to be aligned on tests designed to reveal their motivations, it may be quite difficult to tell whether this has occurred. That seems like reason for serious concern. However, I also think that there are reasons for comfort. I'll group these into two categories. The first category centers on the possibility that scheming isn't actually a very convergently good instrumental strategy. For example, the most common story about schemas focuses on goal-guarding schemas which are training gaming in order to prevent their goals from being modified by the training process. But it's not clear to me that this will work well enough, in particular. Goal modification might continue despite training gaming, or that the resulting goals will get sufficiently large amounts of future power, with sufficiently high probability, to justify any costs the model is incurring by training gaming rather than just going for its goals directly, if these costs are meaningful, which for some models they might not be. There are alternative stories about why scheming will be a good instrumental strategy. Stories, for example, that center on coordination amongst AIs with different values. On the possibility that AIs will have quite similar values by default. And on the possibility that AIs will intrinsically value things like, my survival, in a manner tolerant of values change. And or, AI empowerment, in a manner tolerant of very different values in the AI so empowered. And while these stories do make scheming seem like a more disjunctive hypothesis, to me, a number of them seem to me some combination of a. more speculative and b. requiring that we posit models with much more specific sorts of goals, thereby dulling the force of 2. above. The second category centers on forms of selection pressure that may push against scheming, both naturally, and because we may be able to intentionally introduce, emphasize these selection pressures in training. For example, Relative to other sorts of models, schemas need to engage in extra instrumental reasoning, for example, backchaining from their long-term goal to the instrumental value of training gaming, and checking for escape or defection opportunities. 
This may come at a substantive cost to their performance, a cost we may be able to intentionally increase by for example putting models under more time pressure, forcing them to rely on human legible scratch pads for their reasoning, and making genuine escape, defection opportunities more difficult to distinguish from traps. And to the extent that schemas engage in active attempts to undermine human alignment and security efforts. While still under human control, the scariest form of scheming, in my view, their performance seems likely to take a more notable hit. What's more, my own guess is that the costs of this extra instrumental reasoning substantially outweigh what are sometimes called the simplicity benefits of scheming, that is, benefits from the fact that selecting a schema allows SGD to select a simpler goal, since it has such a wide variety to choose from. And this especially given that schemas and non-schemas alike will need to represent concepts like honesty, human values, reward, and so on in detail. So schemas plausibly save on complexity only via differences in the complexity of using a reproposing a pointing at a given concept in guiding a model's motivations. Also, prior to situational awareness, training will actively penalize schema-like goals whenever they lead to a sacrifice of reward on the episode, more about what I mean by episode, below. And we can try to actively push in this direction further, especially if we can learn to detect and control when situational awareness arises. I think the second category, here, is especially important. In particular, one way that arguments that appeal to the comparative number, and or, measure, of schema-like goals versus non-schema goals that perform well in training can go wrong is by neglecting the full power of the selection pressure being applied to the goal that training selects. So if the pressure applied in training works against schemas overall, this is very good news. The full report discusses these and a wide variety of other relevant considerations in much more detail, and see section 0.2 for a full summary. Overall, as a rough stab at quantifying my current view, if you train a coherently goal-directed, situationally aware, Somewhat better than human level model using baseline forms of self supervised pre training plus RLHF on diverse, long horizon, real world tasks. My subjective probability is roughly 25% that this will be performing well in training in substantial part as part of an instrumental strategy for seeking power for itself and or other AIs later. I also think it may be possible to reduce the risk here in fairly simple ways. For example, via training on shorter horizon tasks or via more intensive forms of adversarial training prior to situational awareness. And I think the risk increases with more powerful models, who may be better positioned to escape a takeover, and to coordinate, cooperate with other AIs in doing so. Also, and importantly, non-schemas can engage in schema-like behavior, too. For example, models that are only optimizing for reward on a given episode can fake their alignment, or even Engage in escape takeover, in an effort to get that reward, especially if the episode in question is quite long. Models that aren't playing the training game can still end up with power-seeking goals that incentivize various forms of deception. The eventual AIs that matter most might differ in important ways from the paradigm sort of AI I focus on here. For example, they might be more like language model agents than single models or they might be created via methods that differ even more substantially from sort of baseline ML methods I'm focused on, while still engaging in power-motivated alignment faking. So scheming as I've defined it is far from the only concern in this vicinity. Rather, it's a paradigm instance of this sort of concern, and one that seems, to me, especially pressing to understand. At the end of the report, I discuss an array of possible empirical research directions for probing the topic further.
Subheading. 0.1 Preliminaries. This section offers a few more preliminaries to frame the report's discussion. Those eager for the main content can skip to the summary of the report in section 0.2. I wrote this report centrally because I think that the probability of scheming a deceptive alignment is one of the most important questions in assessing the overall level of existential risk from misaligned AI. Indeed, scheming is notably central to many models of how this risk arises. And as I discuss below, I think it's the scariest form that misalignment can take. Yet, for all its importance to AI risk, the topic has received comparatively little direct public attention. And my sense is that discussion of it often suffers from haziness about the specific pattern of motivation or behavior at issue, and why one might or might not expect it to occur. My hope, in this report, is to lend clarity to discussion of this kind, to treat the topic with depth and detail commensurate to its importance, and to facilitate more ongoing research. In particular, and despite the theoretical nature of the report, I'm especially interested in informing empirical investigation that might shed further light. I've tried to write for a reader who isn't necessarily familiar with any previous work on scheming a deceptive alignment. For example, in sections 1.1 and 1.2, I lay out, from the ground up, the taxonomy of concepts that the discussion will rely on. For some readers, this may feel like rehashing old ground. I invite those readers to skip ahead as they see fit, especially if they've already read the summary of the report, and so know what they are missing. That said, I do assume more general familiarity with a. the basic arguments about existential risk from misaligned AI, and b. a basic picture of how contemporary machine learning works. And I make some other assumptions as well, namely, that the relevant sort of AI development is taking place within a machine learning-focused paradigm, and a socio-political environment, broadly similar to that of 2023 that we don't have strong interpretability tools, that is, tools that help us understand a model's internal cognition, that could help us detect or prevent scheming. That the AIs I discuss are goal-directed in the sense of, well understood as making and executing plans, in pursuit of objectives, on the basis of models of the world. I don't think this assumption is innocuous, but I want to separate debates about whether to expect goal-directedness per se from debates about whether to expect goal-directed models to be schemas, and I encourage readers to do so as well. Finally, I want to note an aspect of the discussion in the report that makes me quite uncomfortable. Namely, it seems plausible to me that in addition to potentially posing existential risks to humanity, the sorts of AIs discussed in the report might well be moral patients in their own right. I talk, here, as though they are not, and as though it is acceptable to engage in whatever treatment of AIs best serves our ends. But if AIs are moral patients, this is not the case, and when one finds oneself saying, and especially, repeatedly saying, let's assume, for the moment, that it's acceptable to do whatever we want to X category of being, despite the fact that it's plausibly not, one should sit up straight and wonder. I am here setting aside issues of AI moral patienthood not because they are unreal or unimportant, but because they would introduce a host of additional complexities to an already lengthy discussion but these complexities are swiftly descending upon us, and we need concrete plans for handling them responsibly. Subheading. 0.2 Summary of the Report. This section gives a summary of the full report. It includes most of the main points and technical terminology, though unfortunately, relatively few of the concrete examples meant to make the content easier to understand. I'm hoping it will, a, provide readers with a good sense of which parts of the main text will be most of interest to them, and, b, 
empower readers to skip to those parts without worrying too much about what they've missed. Subheading 0.2.1 Summary of Section 1 The report has four main parts. The first part, Section 1, aims to clarify the different forms of AI deception above, Section 1.1. To distinguish schemas from the other possible model classes I'll be discussing, Section 1.2, and to explain why I think that scheming is a uniquely scary form of misalignment, Section 1.3. I'm especially interested in contrasting schemas with Reward on the episode seekers. That is, AI systems that terminally value some component of the reward process for the episode, and that are playing the training game for this reason. Training saints. AI systems that are directly pursuing the goal specified by the reward process, I'll call this the specified goal. Misgeneralized non-training gamers. AIs that are neither playing the training game nor pursuing the specified goal. Here's a diagram of overall taxonomy. There's an image here in the text. All of these model classes can be misaligned and dangerous. But I think schemas are especially scary. In particular, scheming prompts the most robust and adversarial efforts to prevent humans from learning about the misalignment in question, and it's the most likely to motivate what I call early undermining. That is, AIs at a comparatively early stage of AI development actively trying to undermine human efforts to align control, and secure future AI systems. I also discuss, in section 1.4, whether theoretical arguments of the type the report focuses on are even useful to consider. My answer here is, somewhat useful, both to inform empirical investigation and as a source of evidence in the absence of adequate empirical data, but we should clearly be looking for as much empirical evidence as we can, I offer some suggestions in this vein in section 6. In section 1.5, I discuss a factor that seems to me important in assessing various of the arguments I consider. Namely, the amount of slack that training gives AIs to perform less than optimally. Subheading. 0.2.2 Summary of Section 2. The second part of the report examines the prerequisites for scheming. In particular, I focus on. Situational awareness. The model understands that it's a model in a training process, what the training process will reward, and the basic nature of the objective world in general. Beyond episode goals. The model cares about the consequences of its actions after the episode is complete. Aiming at reward on the episode as part of a power-motivated instrumental strategy. The model believes that its beyond episode goals will be better achieved if it optimizes for reward on the episode, and in particular, that it, or some other AIs, will get more power if it does this. Discusses situational awareness. I think that absent active effort, we should at least expect certain kinds of advanced AIs, for example, advanced AIs that are performing real-world tasks in live interaction with the public internet, to be situationally aware by default, because a. situational awareness is very useful in performing the tasks in question, indeed, we might actively train it into them, and b. such AIs will likely be exposed to the information necessary to gain such awareness. However, I don't focus much on situational awareness in the report. Rather, I'm more interested in whether to expect the other two prerequisites above in situationally aware models. Discusses beyond episode goals. Here I distinguish, in section 2.2.1, between two concepts of an episode, namely. The incentivized episode. That is, the temporal horizon that the gradients in training actively pressure the model to optimize over. The intuitive episode. 
that is, some other intuitive temporal unit that we call the episode for one reason or another, for example, reward is given at the end of it. Actions in one such unit have no obvious causal path to outcomes in another, etc. When I use the term episode in the report, I'm talking about the incentivized episode. Thus, beyond episode goals means goals whose temporal horizon extends beyond the horizon that training actively pressures models to optimize over. But very importantly, the incentivized episode isn't necessarily the intuitive episode. That is, deciding to call some temporal unit an episode doesn't mean that training isn't actively pressuring the model to optimize over a horizon that extends beyond that unit. You need to actually look in detail at how the gradients flow, work that I worry casual readers of this report might neglect. I also distinguish, in section 2.2.2, between two types of beyond episode goals, namely, training game independent beyond episode goals. That is, beyond episode goals that arise independent of their role in motivating a model to play the training game. Training game dependent beyond episode goals. That is, beyond episode goals that arise specifically because they motivate training gaming. These two sorts of beyond episode goals correspond to two different stories about how scheming happens. In the first sort of story, SGD happens to instill beyond episode goals in a model naturally, whether before situational awareness arises, or afterwards, and then those goals begin to motivate scheming. In the second sort of story, SGD notices that giving a model beyond episode goals would motivate scheming, and thus, high reward behavior, and so actively gives it such goals for this reason. This second story makes most sense if you assume that situational awareness is already in place. So we're left with the following three main paths to scheming. There's an image here in the text. In section 2.2.2.1, I discuss training game independent beyond episode goals, that is, path 1 and 2. Should we expect beyond episode goals to arise, naturally? One reason to expect this is that plausibly, goals don't come with temporal limitations by default, and model time might differ from calendar time regardless. One reason to not expect this is that training will actively punish beyond episode goals whenever they prompt the model to sacrifice reward on the episode for some beyond episode benefit. And we may be able to use adversarial training to search out such goals and punish them more actively. In section 2.2.2.2, I discuss training game dependent beyond episode goals. In particular, I highlight the question of whether SGD will be adequately able to notice the benefits of turning a non-schema into a schema, given the need to make the transition incrementally, via tiny changes to the model's weights, each of which improve the reward. I think that this is a serious objection to stories focused on training game dependent beyond episode goals, but I also don't feel that I can confidently rule out SGD's ability to make a transition of this kind, see for example, you can't evolve eyes, as an example of places I think intuitions in this vein can go wrong. I also discuss, in section 2.2.3, the possibility that the model's goal-directedness will be messy, in a way that complicates training game dependent stories where SGD can simply modify a model's goal and thereby smoothly redirect its goal-achieving engine in a new direction, I think that this sort of messiness is quite likely. And I touch on a broader intuition that scheming requires an unusually high standard of goal-directedness more generally. I think this intuition has less force once we condition on the sort of goal-directedness typically assumed in the alignment discourse, and which I generally assume in the report as well. But it's relevant to our overall probabilities regardless. 
In section 2.2.4, I discuss whether beyond episode goals are more likely in models actively trained to have long-term, even if still, within episode, goals. I think that beyond episode goals are indeed more likely in models of this kind, and that baseline incentives to create models that engage in fairly long horizon optimization, for example, make lots of money for my company over the next year, are correspondingly worrying. However, I also think various sorts of cognitive work that might be highly useful to efforts to avoid an AI takeover, for example, research aimed at improving the alignment, interpretability, and security of our AI systems, may not require long-horizon optimization of this kind. With this discussion of beyond-episode goals in view, I turn, in section 2.3, to the final prerequisite for scheming. Namely, deciding to training game as part of a power-motivated strategy for promoting the beyond-episode goal in question. Here I focus first, in section 2.3.1, on what I call the classic goal-guarding story, about the origins of this decision. We can decompose this story into two claims. 1. The goal-guarding hypothesis. If the model optimizes for reward on the episode during training, then the goals that survive training will be such that the model would want them promoted in the future. Whereas if the model doesn't optimize for reward on the episode during training, the model will want this less. 2. Adequate future empowerment. Conditional on surviving training to the degree at stake in A, the model's goals will then end up empowered to a degree, and with sufficient probability, as to justify, given the model's other goals, its tolerance for risk, etc., pursuing a strategy of training gaming overall. I then investigate each of these in turn, in section 2.3.1.1 and 2.3.1.2, respectively. Both seem to me non-obvious. In particular, with respect to the goal-guarding hypothesis. Here's a list of bullet points. Even after training gaming starts, the model's cognition is still being continually tweaked in the direction of better training performance. And it seems plausible to me that these modifications will continue to affect a model's goals as well, especially if its goals are not cleanly distinguishable from its capabilities, but rather are implemented by a tangled kludge of local heuristics, patterns of attention, impulses, and so on. Thus, as a toy example, imagine that if I go into the desert and stack bricks for a million years, I will get a huge amount of money that I can then donate to my charity of choice. But suppose that throughout this whole ordeal, my brain will be hooked up to a machine that continually modifies all my neurons to encourage actions that stack bricks better, and to discourage actions that stack bricks worse. And suppose my intention is to just try to stack bricks as well as I can. Will I emerge from this process with my values substantially affected by the relevant brain modifications, such that, for example, I emerge obsessed with stacking bricks, or at least, with very different taste in charities? It seems at least plausible. On the classic goal-guarding story, once a model starts training gaming, the specific content of its goal no longer matters to its behavior. Any other schema-like goal would lead to the same thing. But this makes it seem like the goal could float around between schema-like goals or get moved by other pressures within SGD, like regularization, without affecting training performance. And if that happens, then scheming may not be a good strategy for goal-guarding after all. Of course, the model may be tolerant of some changes to its goals, and these changes may be preferable to the ones that would occur absent training gaming. But the possibility of significant ongoing goal modification introduces an extra uncertainty into the classic, goal-guarding story. People sometimes talk about more sophisticated techniques for avoiding goal modification, 
where for example a model manipulates gradient descent more actively by making its good performance in training conditional on whether its goals get modified or not, see for example the discourse around gradient hacking. I don't focus on these methods here, but they strike me as quite difficult to pull off, especially for only somewhat better than human level models. And if scheming requires that they work, I think it's worth being very clear about that, and giving the feasibility of such methods commensurate attention. That's the end of the list. With respect to whether the resulting goals will be adequately empowered. Here's a list of bullet points. The most worrying types of schemas aren't merely seeking power on future training episodes. Rather, they are specifically aiming at some combination of escape and takeover. But this means that the relevant goals have to do more than just survive training. They also need to survive either until the model can either escape or participate in a takeover itself, or to exert sufficiently substantive influence on some future generation of models that will be able to do so. For example, if GPT-6 isn't powerful enough to escape a takeover itself, but GPT-8 will be, then GPT-6's main path to power may be influencing the values of GPT-7, which in turn influences the values of GPT-8. But this form of influence is quite indirect. It may face substantial further barriers from for example human monitoring. And it will plausibly involve more significant deviation from max reward training performance. What's more, the relevant escape or takeover attempt needs to be suitably likely to succeed, to occur over time horizons that the model cares about, and to result in the model's favored goals in particular receiving a suitably substantive share of power, despite the fact that large numbers of AIs with very different values may be competing for the power in question. These uncertainties introduce haircuts to the instrumental value of a schema-like strategy. However, the importance of these haircuts depends on the burden of proof that such a strategy needs to meet. In particular, the more the model stands to gain from not training gaming, the more attractive scheming will need to be in order to win out as a strategy. But for some models, the costs of training gaming might be relatively low. And for suitably, ambitious, models, even low probabilities of success via a schema-like strategy might justify even a substantive sacrifice. That's the end of the list. Overall, the classic goal-guarding story seems to me to introduce a number of additional uncertainties with respect to the viability of scheming as an instrumental strategy. However, it's also not the only story available. In section 2.3.2, I consider a number of non-classic stories, which relax various of the classic story's constraints. For example, AI coordination. If AIs with different values coordinate to share power after takeover, and or to compensate AIs who worked on behalf of takeover but who weren't powerful enough to escape takeover themselves, then this might mitigate some of the haircuts above. For example, GPT-6 might be more willing to work on GPT-8's behalf in the example above, if GPT-6 were confident that GPT-8 would repay the favor once in power. I think some analyses of coordination of this form assume too readily that it will be a. easy, and b the obvious strategy relative to for example coordinating with humans instead, especially for only somewhat better than human neural nets acting in a still human-controlled world where interpretability is still unsolved for everyone. But I think that AI coordination of this type is a real concern and worth serious attention, both in the context of scheming in particular, and in the context of AI risk more generally. AIs with similar values by default. Relatedly, if AIs will generally have sufficiently similar values by default, this can reduce the need for a schema to specifically propagate its own goals into the future, 
and free it up to work on behalf of AI takeover empowerment more directly. And it does seem likely that for example GPT-6 values and GPT-8's values will be at least much more similar, by default, than for example GPT-6 values and a given set of human values. Terminal values that happen to favor escape a takeover. We can also imagine models with terminal values that happen to favor escape, AI takeover even if the goals that get empowered as a result aren't very similar to the model's own. For example, perhaps the model values some concept of survival, based on a conception of personal identity tolerant of the sorts of goal changes that training will cause. Or perhaps the model just supports something like AI empowerment, even if the AI so empowered won't have values very similar to its own. However, some stories of this form begin to impose fairly strong constraints on the goals that schemas need to have, thereby undermining one of the key arguments for scheming. Namely, that it seems like a convergently good strategy across a wide variety of goals. I also consider a few other alternative stories, namely, models with false beliefs about the instrumental value of scheming, models that are self-deceived about their alignment, and models that are uncertain about their goals are hazy about exactly why they want power. But these seem to me less important. The availability of non-classic stories like these makes the case for scheming feel, to me, more disjunctive. However, some of these stories also seem to me some combination of a, more speculative, and b, requiring of more specific hypotheses about the sorts of goals that AIs will develop. My overall takeaways from section 2 are. I think there are relatively strong arguments for expecting situational awareness by default, at least in certain types of AI systems, that is, AI systems performing real-world tasks in live interaction with sources of information about who they are. But I feel quite a bit less clear about beyond episode goals and aiming at reward on the episode as part a power-motivated instrumental strategy. I then turn, in the next two sections, to an examination of the more specific arguments for and against expecting schemas versus other types of models. I divide these into two categories, namely arguments that focus on the path that SGD needs to take in building the different model classes in question, section 3. Arguments that focus on the final properties of the different model classes in question, section 4. Subheading. 0.2.3 Summary of section 3. The third part of the report focuses on the former category of argument. I break this category down according to the distinction between training game independent and training game dependent beyond episode goals. My sense is that the most traditional story about the path to schemas focuses on the former sort. It runs roughly as follows. 1. Because of, insert reason, the model will develop a, suitably ambitious, beyond episode goal correlated with good performance in training, in a manner that doesn't root via the training game. This could happen before situational awareness arrives, or afterwards. 2. Then, in conjunction with situational awareness, this, suitably ambitious, beyond episode goal will start to motivate training gaming. Modulo my questions about the viability of scheming as an instrumental strategy, I take this sort of argument fairly seriously. I think the most immediate question is, why did the model develop this sort of beyond episode goal? I discuss some reasons for and against expecting this already, in the summary of section 2.2.2.1, but they don't seem to me decisive in either direction. And especially given that a very wide variety of goals could in principle motivate scheming, it just does seem possible for a schema-like goal to pop out of training in this way. And while it may be possible to use adversarial training prior to situational awareness to try to prevent this, 
This training faces a number of barriers as well, for example, it needs to be diverse or thorough enough. It needs to contend with difficulties knowing or controlling when a model develops situational awareness, and in some cases models might already have situational awareness by the time we're worried about the beyond episode goal developing. So I think this sort of path to scheming is a real concern. See section 3.1 for more. I then turn, in section 3.2, to a story focused on training game-dependent beyond episode goals, which runs roughly as follows. 1. By the time the model becomes situationally aware, it probably won't be pursuing a max reward goal, that is, a goal pursuit of which on the training data leads to roughly the maximum reward consistent with the model's other capabilities. Rather, it will be pursuing some less than max reward proxy goal. 2. But at that point, the world model will contain all the information the model needs in order to training game. However, because we're here focused on training game dependent stories about scheming, we assume that at the point of getting situational awareness, the model's goal is not yet such that it will motivate scheming. Rather, some further modification would be required for that. 3. The easiest way for SGD to modify the model into getting maximum reward, at that point, will be to make it a schema. 4. So. SGD will make the model a schema. If we set aside questions about whether SGD can notice the benefits of modifications of this type, this sort of story seems to me fairly worrying as well. In particular, I think it's plausible that schema-like goals will be sufficiently common in goal space that one such goal will be easier for SGD to find, from a given starting point, than the specific non-schema goals that leads to max reward behavior. However, non-schema max reward goals, for example, the specified goal, or reward on the episode, have some advantages too. For example, plausibly, the initial phase of training will point the model in their vicinity by default, since the model, at that stage, needs to be getting high reward absent instrumental training gaming, see section 3.2.2.2 for more. And to the extent we're thinking of the model's goal-directedness as messy, its heuristics, patterns of attention, impulses and so on will plausibly be pointed in this sort of direction as well, thereby plausibly creating extra work on SGD's part to turn the model into a schema instead. See section 3.2.2.3 for more. Subheading. 0.2.4 Summary of Section 4. The fourth part of the report examines arguments that focus on the final properties of the different model classes. I start, in section 4.2, with what I call the counting argument. It runs as follows. 1. The non-schema model classes, here, require fairly specific goals in order to get high reward. 2. By contrast, the schema model class is compatible with a very wide range of, beyond episode, goals, while still getting high reward, at least if we assume that the other requirements for scheming to make sense as an instrumental strategy are in place, for example, that the classic goal-guarding story, or some alternative, works. 3. In this sense, there are more schemas that get high reward than there are non-schemas that do so. 4. So, other things equal, we should expect SGD to select a schema. Something in the vicinity accounts for a substantial portion of my credence on schemas, and I think it often undergirds other, more specific arguments for expecting schemas as well. However, the argument I give most weight to doesn't move immediately from, there are more possible schemas that get high reward than non-schemas that do so, to, absent further argument, SGD probably selects a schema, call this the, strict counting argument, because it seems possible that SGD actively privileges one of these model classes over the others. Rather, the argument I give most weight to is something like, 
1. It seems like there are lots of ways that a model could end up a schema and still get high reward, at least assuming that scheming is in fact a good instrumental strategy for pursuing long-term goals. 2. So absent some additional story about why training won't select a schema, it feels, to me, like the possibility should be getting substantive weight. I call this the hazy counting argument. It's not especially principled, but I find that it moves me nonetheless. I then turn, in section 4.3, to simplicity arguments in favor of expecting schemas. I think these arguments sometimes suffer from unclarity about the sort of simplicity at stake, so in section 4.3.1, I discuss a number of different possibilities. Rewriting simplicity, that is, the length of the program required to rewrite the algorithm that a model's weights implement in some programming language, or for example on the tape of a given universal Turing machine. Parameter simplicity, that is, the number of parameters that the actual neural network uses to encode the relevant algorithm. Simplicity realism, which assumes that simplicity is in some deep sense an objective thing, independent of programming language or universal Turing machine, that various simplicity metrics attempt to capture, and trivial simplicity, which conflates the notion of simplicity with higher likelihood on priors in a manner that makes something like Occam's razor uninterestingly true by definition. I generally focus on parameter simplicity, which seems to me easiest to understand, and to connect to a model's training performance. I also briefly discuss, in section 4.3.2, the evidence that SGD actively selects for simplicity. Here the case that grips me most directly is just Simplicity, or at least, parameter simplicity, lets a model save on parameters that it can then use to get more reward. But I also briefly discuss some other empirical evidence for simplicity biases in machine learning. Why might we expect a simplicity bias to favor schemas? Roughly. The thought is that because such a wide variety of goals can motivate scheming, schemas allow SGD a very wide range of goals to choose from in seeking out simpler goals whereas non-schemas, that get high reward, do not. And this seems especially plausible to the extent we imagine that the goals required to be such a non-schema are quite complex. Other things equal, I think this is right. But I'm not sure it's a very large or important effect. For one thing, we know that LLMs, like GPT-4, are capable of representing a very large number of complex human concepts with for example order of a trillion parameters, including, plausibly, concepts like honesty, helpfulness, reward, and so on. So this caps the complexity savings at stake in avoiding representations like this. Thus, as a toy calculation, if we conservatively assume that at most 1% of a trillion parameter model's capacity goes to representing concepts, as complex as honesty, and that it knows at least 10,000 such concepts, Webster's unabridged dictionary has roughly 500,000 words, then representing the concept of honesty takes at most a millionth of the model's representational capacity, and even less for the larger models of the future. But more importantly, what matters here isn't the absolute complexity of representing the different goals in question, but the complexity conditional on already having a good world model. And we should assume that all of these models will need to understand the specified goal, the reward process for the episode, etc. And granted such an assumption, the extra complexity costs of actively optimizing for the specified goal, or for reward on the episode, seem to me plausibly extremely small. Plausibly, they're just. Whatever the costs are for using and repurposing, pointing at, that part of the world model for guiding the model's motivations. 
Of course, we can try to rerun the same simplicity argument at the level of the complexity costs of using, reproposing different parts of the world model in that way. For example, we can say, however this process works, presumably it's simpler to do for some goals than others. So given how many schema-like goals there are, plausibly it will be simpler to do for some schema-like goal. I think this is the strongest form of the simplicity argument for expecting schemas. But it also requires abandoning any intuitive grip we might have had on which goals are simple in the relevant sense. And it seems plausible to me that the simplicity differences between different pointers are very small relative to the model's overall capacity. I also discuss, in section 4.3.5, whether simplicity arguments make plausible predictions about the sorts of goals a schema will end up with. In particular, some versions of these arguments can seem to predict that schemas are likely to end up with extremely simple long-term goals, regardless of whether those goals had any relation to what was salient or important during training predictions about which I, personally, am skeptical. Of course, it's also possible to posit that goal targets salient or relevant during training will also be simpler for the model to pursue. But if we grant some story in this vein, I haven't heard strong arguments for doing so. Note that it also speaks in favor of the simplicity of the specified goal and of reward on the episode, as well, since these are especially salient or relevant during the training process. In section 4.4, I turn to arguments against scheming that focus on the final properties of the different model classes. Here, the main argument I'm aware of is that schemas need to do extra reasoning that other model classes don't, these are sometimes called, speed costs, though I think they could in principle affect the complexity of a model's algorithm as well. In particular, 1. Deciding to training game. The model needs to reason backwards from, I want this beyond episode thing, to, I should do well in training, in a way that draws on the model's predictions about what doing well in training will entail, for example, re. Goal guarding, takeover prospects, and so on. 2. Checking whether it's time to escape takeover. The model needs to be checking, with adequate frequency and accuracy, whether it's in a position to escape takeover, and to succeed in this assessment, despite human efforts to trap or fool the model into revealing its true colors, for example, by offering it apparent opportunities to defect. 3. Optional, but relevant to how scary the schema is, early undermining. To the extent the model is doing anything, other than training gaming, to support a takeover, escape prior to escaping human control, it will need to be using cognitive resources both in a. performing the relevant nefarious actions and b. making sure it gets away with them, for example, checking that it won't get caught, coming up with excuses, making the cover stories consistent even when under scrutiny, and so on. How big are the costs of this reasoning? I think that, one, may well be fairly easy, but, two, seems more plausibly onerous, especially in the context of active efforts by humans to put the models under time pressure, and make genuine escape, takeover opportunities difficult to distinguish from traps. And, three, if the model goes for it, seems like it could be quite difficult, and like it would often actively require deviation from the highest reward sorts of training performance. More importantly, though, the question, at least in the context of a comparison between the final properties of the model classes, isn't the absolute size of the costs in question, but rather their size relative to the simplicity benefits of scheming. Here, my current take is that the costs of the instrumental reasoning seem larger than the benefits of the simpler goal. This is mostly an intuitive judgment, but we can also try to hazily quantify the comparison. Thus, for example, Suppose that our model is a purely feed-forward network with 1,000 layers and less than 10,000 serial steps per input, 
that the instrumental reasoning at stake just in a schema deciding to training game, let alone checking for defection opportunities, takes at least 10 steps, and that the model doesn't begin optimizing for reward on the episode until that reasoning is complete. In that case, the instrumental reasoning is using up around 0.1% of the compute that could be going to getting reward on the episode, or to some other max reward goal. Are the complexity costs of representing, or pointing at, a more complicated goal likely to outweigh this? My guess is no. For example, if we follow my, conservative, in my opinion, calculation above and assume that representing, or pointing at, a concept like honesty, costs at most a millionth of a trillion parameter models parameters, and less for a larger model, then a 0.0001% reduction in parameters would need to outweigh a 0.1% reduction in compute, and absent further argument, it seems strange, to me, to expect this. Of course, this is only a toy calculation, of unclear applicability to the real-world case. The broader point is just. If serial time thinking is scarce for a model, as it plausibly is for a transformer, the sorts of instrumental reasoning at stake in scheming seem like they could well substantively impact a model's performance. My guess is that the complexity costs of non-schema goals are minor in comparison. I also briefly discuss, in section 4.4.3, whether we can actively shape our training processes to bias more heavily towards speed. Here it seems relatively straightforward to do things like put models under more time pressure, limit their compute access, force them to plan via human-legible scratchpads rather than via internal processes and to put effort into making our attempts to trap them or trip them up more sophisticated, and so, more requiring of cognition to detect. But any efforts in this vein will need to avoid overlarge costs to competitiveness overall, though if you buy that the speed costs of scheming are quite a bit more substantive than the simplicity benefits, then so long as speed matters somewhat relative to simplicity, this might be enough. Section 4.5 briefly discusses whether some analogue of intrinsic passion for a given task might make a difference to AI performance, especially in the context of a form of messy goal-directedness that blurs the line between an AI's capabilities and its values. I find considerations in this vein interesting, but quite speculative. Section 4.6 discusses the relevance of slack in training to evaluating how much weight to put on factors like the simplicity benefits and speed costs of scheming. In particular, especially in a high-slack regime, it seems plausible that these factors are in the noise relative to other considerations. Subheading 0.2.5 Summary of Section 5 The first four sections of the report are the main content. Sums up my overall take. I've already summarized most of this in the introduction above, and I won't repeat that content here. However, I'll add a few points that the introduction didn't include. In particular, I think some version of the counting argument undergirds most of the other arguments for expecting scheming that I'm aware of, or at least, the arguments I find most compelling. That is, schemas are generally being privileged as a hypothesis because a very wide variety of goals could in principle lead to scheming, thereby making it easier to a. land on one of them naturally, b. land nearby one of them, or c. find one of them that is simpler than non-schema goals that need to come from a more restricted space. In this sense, the case for schemas mirrors one of the most basic arguments for expecting misalignment more generally. For example, that alignment is a very narrow target to hit in goal space. Except, here, we are specifically incorporating the selection we know we are going to do on the goals in question. Namely, they need to be such as to cause models pursuing them to get high reward. And the most basic worry is just that. 
this isn't enough. Because of the centrality of counting arguments to the case for schemas, I think that questions about the strength of the selection pressure against schemas, for example, because of the costs of the extra reasoning schemas have to engage in, are especially important. In particular, I think a key way that counting arguments can go wrong is by neglecting the power that active selection can have in overcoming the prior set by the counting question. For example, the reason we can overcome the prior of most arrangements of car parts don't form a working car, or most parameter settings in this neural network don't implement a working chatbot, is that the selection power at stake in human engineering and in SGD is that strong. So if SGD's selection power is actively working against schemas, and or, if we can cause it to do so more actively, this might quickly overcome a counting argument in their favor. For example, if there are, is a formula, schema-like goals for every non-schema goal, this might make it seem very difficult to hit a non-schema goal in the relevant space. But actually, 100 bits of selection pressure can be cheap for SGD, consider, for example, 100 extra gradient updates, each worth at least a halving of the remaining possible goals. Overall, when I step back and try to look at the considerations in the report as a whole, I feel pulled in two different directions. On the one hand, at least conditional on scheming being a convergently good instrumental strategy, schema-like goals feel scarily common in goal space, and I feel pretty worried that training will run into them for one reason or another. On the other hand, ascribing a model's good performance in training to scheming continues to feel, at a gut level, like a fairly specific and conjunctive story to me. That is, scheming feels robust and common at the level of goal space, and yet specific and fairly brittle at the level of yes, that's what's going on with this real-world model, it's getting reward because, or, substantially because, it wants power for itself other AIs later, and getting reward now helps with that. When I try to roughly balance out these two different pulls, and to condition on goal-directedness and situational awareness, I get something like the 25% number I listed above. Subheading. 0.2.6 Summary of Section 6. I close the report, in Section 6, with a discussion of empirical work that I think might shed light on scheming. I also think there's worthwhile theoretical work to be done in this space, and I list a few ideas in this respect as well. But I'm especially excited about empirical work. In particular, I discuss Empirical work on situational awareness, Section 6.1. Empirical work on beyond episode goals, section 6.2. Empirical work on the viability of scheming as an instrumental strategy, section 6.3. The model organisms, paradigm for studying scheming, section 6.4. Traps and honest tests, section 6.5. Interpretability and transparency, section 6.6. .6. Security, control, and oversight, section 6.7. Some other miscellaneous research topics, that is, gradient hacking, exploration hacking, SGD's biases towards simplicity of speed, path dependence, SGD's incrementalism, slack, and the possibility of learning to intentionally create misaligned non-schema models, for example, reward on the episode seekers, as a method of avoiding schemas, section 6.8. All in all, I think there's a lot of useful work to be done. Let's move on, now, from the summary to the main report. This article was narrated by Type 3 Audio for the Effective Altruism Forum. It was first published on November 15, 2023. 
the original text contained 66 footnotes which were omitted from the narration. To report an issue or give feedback on this narration, go to t3a.i.s.